Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another brand new spanking edition of the Sunday Card Week Number Nine. Dan Zampano, Maddie Ice, Maddie Seamat, Silverthar, our esteemed producer, back in the producer's chair. Lemon pepper blue paracone. Matt, I'm gonna be. It feels like the grind of the season. This is feeling like it's a, when you're when you're in the middle of playing. I can remember hitting this point like when you're playing. Actually, it's like you're six, seven games and back when we had 12 game seasons six seven games into the season and man it's just like oh this is a grind we're, we're trying to get through this it's kind of like you gotta you're starting to go a little stir crazy i feel like i have a little bit of cabin fever now with the amount of information that we have about the season and we kind of got to break through that before we can hit the home stretch yeah and i think we're hitting the part of the season two where now teams are changing their identity you know obviously we just have the trade mm. deadline so they're changing their identity and their their rosters and we're having teams that are uh you know figuring you know new coordinators and new co- head coaches teams are getting used to their system now so uh, you got to get rid of maybe some of that bias you have in your head from the weeks one through four when we're looking at these teams whether all oh, these teams are really good all oh, these teams are really bad and now teams are getting tape on everybody and they're figuring things out you know getting better or worse um and so it's hard to break through from that early season bias to now what they're doing in the home stretch of the playoffs. What a weird week eight. Just a weird week eight. We had uh week of the push. Week of the push. Week. I mean, one, two, and two for you, two, two, and one for me. It was like, get out of here with that. Disgusting. That is I, this I, I said I think this is the worst. I, this feels like the worst week I've had in like two seasons. I've just like I was so bad. And the games that I picked were brutal yeah brutal to watch yes they were it was a tough week we had a lot of quarterbacks go down tyrod went down kirk cousins went down which is so sad um Stafford, you know, we had the raiders stafford ritter the whole raiders debacle on monday night and and race to the bottom officially won by you because because uh well i guess won by me if you'd say it that way josh mcdaniel's fired vegas gone there it is. Is he still a head good coach? Is he still a good coach, Dan? Is this, is the, in, can in, we still some, not maybe tell yet? In some ways, he is. And in, in the head coaching rankings, mm. he is definitely not. Um, but let's go over the weekend review before we do anything. Uh, Philly, Washington. Matt, how many times did we win this game? And then how many times did we lose this game? And then we had up on a push. This is the ridic- most ridiculous push I've ever oh. seen. It's a good thing we got to push because again, uh, we we got it at seven on the show, but most of you know it, it did end up. I didn't end up locking it in until after we recorded uh, the next day or so like that, and I was I was on six and a half. And oh. That was just absolutely brutal, uh, especially when it, it opened earlier in the week. It was like seven and a half, eight, um, and so I just just a bad number. And it, you know, again, that's proving the best. The number really really counts. And man, I just thought Philly did not look great at all for most of that stretch. And Washington, like Sam Howell, not getting touched, only got sacked once airing the ball out constantly, but I don't know. They just kept leaving their horrible corners in single man coverage. Like it wasn't getting burned. Like it wasn't the recipe that they got their ass kicked last time. And AJ mm-hmm. Brown was just eating, eating Forbes alive. But it was literally the same exact game as the, as the one before it was, it was like they, they just resumed playing that game and just flew down like three, 300 miles South, like or 200 miles South. Like it was literally, Oh, like had it six ways to Sunday and how did it? Our analysis of the game was correct. It just happened to be 
exactly correct on the exact number. <laughs> that's that's exa- it was almost too correct. Uh, so if you think about it that way, we'll take him that spot again. Though. We'll take him that spot again. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. The mind melts that we got wrong. Jacksonville and Pittsburgh, which was a complete mess. And then we absolutely probably maybe the biggest miss of our year has been, was Green Bay. Uh, like that game was over before before it started. Yeah, if we were trying to catch the falling knife on Green Bay, we got um, sliced and diced. We were, we, you know, <laughs> Edward hands if we were trying to catch uh, Green Bay's offense is absolutely putrid. And you know, still resting on like the morals of like the stat we give out where it's like they're the worst Green Bay is the worst first half team in the NFL, but they're the best second half team. So it's like maybe just maybe, uh, especially when Kirk went out and it's still they, they had absolutely nothing. Pittsburgh was another one. You said the quarterback went out. So we got Kenny Pickett. But again, Pickett, Trubisky, splitting hairs there. Uh, and that was, again, the, the script, the script was going right for that game as far yes. as like muck it up, play it ugly. And they just needed that like random touchdown of some sort whether you know they get a pick and they they pick six or they get a pick and they get into the red zone or something like that uh and we just missed that final piece of that's that pittsburgh story that uh where they just muck up a game and win it in some way you don't know how but couldn't get that touchdown yeah, they were getting in the red zone they just couldn't score it was just field goal palooza and uh it proved me one thing maybe the jaguars can play muck it up football a little bit so we'll Maybe talk about them. They were they're on the bye this week, but man, like they they have some something going on in in the water down there in Jacksonville. Um, the other games, we'll start with yours. Another push. This is maybe the most disgusting push. We talked about Washington being a disgusting push. The fact that you forced yourself to sit through that New York New York uh, game there with the Giants and the Jets had it with a minute to go. And all of a sudden, poof, it was gone. I thought I thought Tommy DeVito was going to cook up some Sunday sauce for me. Meatballs. And he just couldn't come through. with. I mean, he got the only touchdown they scored. He ran it in because they could not move the ball through the air. He had, I believe, uh, they had a net negative eight passing yards, uh, the Giants, for, for accounting for all the sacks that they took. Uh, that was disgusting. They should have had it when they sacked Wilson at the end of the game. And all of a sudden, two miraculous plays later. They get into field goal range, kick it, and once it went to overtime, like once it went to overtime, I was like, ah, we lost. Like they, the Giants For had dogs no fight go left to die. Yeah, they had dogs no fight left in them. They were gonna, they were spent at that point. That was yeah. brutal, absolutely disgusting. Lou, did you sit through that whole game? Please tell me you didn't. I did. A win's a win. <laughs> a win's a win. I was just gonna say, four and three. What do you want? Hey, listen, how about them Jets? Huh? <laughs> the fan was about wild. Them? Yes. <laughs> it was hysterical. So, yeah, no, hey, listen, I, what are you going to do? You know, sometimes I get all this crap from these Giants fans all these years. Oh, you guys can't win a Super Bowl. You can't win a Super Bowl. You put out Danny DeVito, our defense is going to eat you up, all right? Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm the it's trash always, man. <laughs> I'm the, she's the trash man. I was going to say, it's always sunny in New Jersey, maybe. I, I don't know. Like, it was ever sunny. Nothing, nothing sunny about that, that place. Nothing sunny about it. Uh, and then the win, Matt, I, I got to be honest, I was totally stunned that Cincinnati played as well as they did. And San Francisco, uh, three in a row that they've lost. And it wasn't just Brock Purdy. It was the defense. It was it was ever Jake Moody. Like, it was just not good. 
yeah, I, like the one win of the week, but it was like the best. It's probably the win that I wanted the most. Well, especially, mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was the only four, it was the only late game I had, so I was 0-2 two and two going into it. So I'm like, <laughs> we really, really need a win to not get shut out. But again, just felt like felt very correct as far as in my take. I mean, Burrow, Burrow's back. Burrow's healthy. I mean, there's nothing nothing wrong <sighs> with that calf now, Danny. No, his calf looks nice and massaged. I would say, like it looks limber. Yeah, we don't talk about quarterbacks and massages anymore. But oh, that's true. I'm sorry. That's a, uh, that was he, a rookie mistake. I, I mean, they look great. And San Fran. I mean, Lou, we we were. I was giving y'all the credit in the world. I was riding when we took the San Fran future. When we did, I mean, probably bought at the top of the market on them, which was just tough. Yeah. Uh, they were plus five fifty, plus six hundred. I think you said when you got them. I haven't looked, but they got to be down to plus eight or nine at this point. I mean, what's happened to this defense? Does, yeah. does Chase Young coming in? No. No, nothing. It's a depth piece. I mean, it's like that. That's their. I mean, they're building strength on strength, and he'll be a nice pass rush sub. But he's going to be like Randy Gregory. You know? It's the secondary. The secondary is a problem for them, and it really has been kind of. That's been the weakness. I mean, they've always had a rock solid, like locked and loaded front seven, but the secondary has just not been holding up. You know, partially, I guess, from that front seven not getting home maybe as quickly. But yeah, I mean, that's that's one hundred percent true. I did the ratings this week, and I was surprised at how many times I was downgrading this forty nine ers defense. I was like, "Whoa, this is like really crazy." So, um, yeah, forty nine ers man in a little bit of trouble. Uh, for me, the other two for me were winners. Uh, I had Detroit, which I don't think I should have won. Thank you, Jimmy G. One last parting gift for me. Uh, to miss those two downfield throws to Devontae, uh, which really was the icing on the cake for McDaniels. And then the Saints, man. I, the Saints got down early and then just completely ripped off. Like, I think they ripped off something like, what was it, 17 in a row or 17 points unanswered or something crazy like that. And Kamara's running the football. They had so many deep shots to Rashid Shahid uh, has become like the guy down in New Orleans. So Saints minus one. Uh, was a little tough in the beginning, but they end up like making it an easy win for me. So I was pretty happy about that. It's another big Taysom Hill game as well. Yeah. Big Taysom Hill game. Yeah. Who named that starting quarterback? I'm not sure you can in a lot of places around the NFL. Quarterback, running back, tight end, specialty, utility yeah. player. He's the he's the best utility player in the NFL. Flex him. Flex him and right into fantasy. Uh the under the weather lost. Can you believe that? The under the weather lost because well, at some point, you got to take J.C. Jackson off of Tyreek Hill. I mean, it was a disaster. Like, that was a that was a complete just tomfoolery of how bad Tyreek Hill destroyed J.C. Jackson in that game. But Patriots, man, like, and I liked them at the eight and a half, too, and they just couldn't get anything going in the second half. And the season is officially over. The Patriots are the only team in the AFC with two wins. That's it. Nobody else has less than that. I don't think they can hit that 10-7 mark from the preseason anymore either. Oh, yes, they can. It's 2-6. and 2-6. and six. Okay, yeah. Matt's so undefeated. Worse. Undefeated, sure. maybe lose to, like, the Chiefs, and that'll be it. You know? It's still on. Playoffs are still on. Uh, and then the uh, Moneyline Parlay, obviously, almost had the big fish again, but a Pittsburgh man. Well, no, I thought, I thought uh, didn't we go with the Giants last week? Wasn't it? It was no, Giants. We went, and, oh, we went, we switched it up. We went yeah, Pittsburgh, Washington, which was either way. You took the Giants out. Is what you did. That's right. It was just, I mean, and that's thing. Washington was really the heartbreaker because I thought that, again, I thought we were hitting the big fish, but we're going to get there. We got to get 
get there. We will. Okay, I got a, I got a decent one this week. I, I got like a decent one this week. It's not big game hunting, but we just again, we, this is exactly where we were in like week four or five. Whenever we hit it, we just got to hit one, and I, I think I like what we got this week. There's a lot of threes underdogs that are at the three underdogs that are at the eight. So um, and like in that range. So there's some, there's going to be some value. There's, um, there's only two above seven this week. Only two games above seven for a line this week. So wow. everything is pretty tight. And two home dogs this week. That's it. Just two. So Carolina and the Jets. So this is going to be a very interesting week. Uh, Lewis, we gave you Houston. Obviously not our finest work. We are just not good at knowing your brain. I haven't been good at knowing it either. So I, I uh, <laughs> <Good> <laughs> it's not really, yeah, I, I understand it's okay. Uh, I think the league officials listen to the show and then they go, so. oh, no, 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 flip it, flip it. Nope. Nope. Call Vegas, get them on the horn, change it around. This guy's got, this guy's got the script. We got to change it up. This guy so knew not, the, not again. Fade the, the narrative. Is that what that's the, is it fade the narrative now? Is it fade <laughs> no, because the then it's going to start to hit. <laughs> I know it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. Uh, so Maddie is twenty sixteen and four, adding on two more four, four pushes, pushes this year. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Keep me above uh, five hundred. Yes, yes. So you're twenty sixteen and four, hitting at a fifty percent win rate though. So with that still, but uh, then I'm nineteen nineteen and two. Uh, and Lou is 2-9-1 in the bet. The narrative under the weather, it's his first loss. It's 7-1 still, though. The reverse for the Magic Money Line parlay, 1-7, but still only down 2.9 units. Matt, I was watching the games on Sunday, and I wanted to get your take on some of these realization points. Uh, I'm going to ask you, is it fake or is it real? Like, is this statement fake, or is it real? Was I really thinking this, or am I really... It's more so like I was thinking this, but... But I want to get your, your take on this. So I'm just going to give you five statements, and you're going to tell me, is it fake or is it real? Number one, the Titans may actually have something with Will Levis, and that he really might be the guy to save their season and get them to the playoffs. It seems like it with four touchdown performance, but am I too crazy saying that the Titans may actually have something playoff-worthy with Will Levis, fake or real? Um, I would say that's Fake. I again, mean, am I guessing what your brain's doing, or am I my? You're really guessing like my... yourself. Like, what is that? Okay. Is fake or real? Like to you, you know? Yeah, I would say that's fake. Uh, again, I don't think they. I mean, they beat an Atlanta team that's not very good. You see this a lot of times when a uh, a first time starter comes in, no tape on them, um, and, and so he. I mean, he did add a deep ball element, but that was kind of the thing too as well. If you look at his passing performance, removing the four big explosive plays with the three touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins. Hello, I'm back. Um, he didn't have a good passing day outside of like the very explosive plays, which are not repeatable. And, you know, the, the teams will now instead, you know, coming down to stop the run, they will have to respect his deep passing game a little bit more, but I don't think that that would be sustainable as far as um, airing it out to that level for Will Levis. But I do love to see a good old Connecticut boy playing pretty well in the NFL. I was going to say, the only reason I said it was because I've been wrong about his career since high school. It was like, this kid can't play at Penn State. This kid can't play in the NFL. Like, what? And he's literally proven me wrong every every point. So, uh, good on Will Levis, Madison, Connecticut. Uh, number two, the Vikings should not trade for a quarterback and get a top five pick in the draft next year to go get one, even though they're in the playoff hunt. Rick, fake or real? Even though they did trade for a quarterback this week, but... Yeah, I was going to say, um, 
I think the fans perspective, we would say like, yes, tank can go for the playoffs, but that's just never, it, it's, I, yeah, that's never the reality. You see that all these teams like, you know, the Cardinals all were tanking this year and they were super competitive in games. It's just, you can't take a room of like men that are paid to play football and just be like, Oh, don't actually care and go out there and lose intentionally. So they're always going to try and compete and win. We'll see how it goes the rest of the way with them, whether it's Dobbs or Hall. Uh, I think it's obviously it's Hall this week, but we'll see if Dobbs is working his way in. And I don't think they're making the playoffs, but they are certainly going to try. I don't think they shouldn't try to make the playoffs, but I would not be so gung-ho on getting a quarterback. I know they got Dobbs for pretty much pennies on the dollar, obviously, but you know, and he'll make them at least competitive. But man, I would want it. I would want a top five pick. Like that's what I would want. I'd be selling the farm. I would have sold on Daniel Hunter. I would have sold on Harrison Smith. I would have got as many draft picks as I could, knowing that Kirk Cousins is out for the year. So, uh, yeah, that, that that was kind of my perspective. Number three, the Jaguars have as good a chance of anyone to play in the Super Bowl this year. Fake or real? Yeah, I would say that's real. I mean, the AFC oh. right now is. Is is a is a crazy crazy place. Obviously, the Chiefs go down to the Broncos, which again we didn't say again. We we stayed away from the Broncos last week, and they beat them for the first time in eight years. Uh, <laughs> they beat them. You know, White Claw wasn't in existence the last time that the Broncos had beaten the Chiefs. I love that. Um, which is just insane. The iPhone Seven had just come out, and all these other crazy freaking things. Um, but I think the Jags have a chance. I mean, their their offense is good. Travis Etienne looks amazing, uh, and they can kind of. They got a few receivers that they can kind of lean on from week to week. I think they got a chance. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm all in right now on them. They've proven every every turn they've done it. I think that they, they have just as good a chance as anybody. I agree. A.J. Brown is the best and most impactful wide receiver in football this year. That's false. That's Tyree Kill. <laughs> that would be Tyree Kill. I would say that's false. You think it's false? They're, they're both on pace for 2,000 yards. Uh, and yes, Hill obviously like makes that offense go, but I think with the Eagles' struggles, I think AJ Brown is just he's 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 made some catches that have been unbelievable in tight spots. Like I don't know, man. Like they are, he has been otherworldly this year, and especially in the fact that he's not really doing it with yards after catch. He's just making plays downfield where he's outmanning dudes. So that's that's kind of where I came from. I was like, man, AJ Brown is. Is, is really impacting the Eagles in a place where they're struggling. Yeah, I mean, he has been – I mean, Devonta Smith, they were both perfect. I think he was 8 of 8, and Devonta Smith was a 7 of 7 last week, mm-hmm. uh, and it just shows how bad that Washington defense is. Yeah, he's absolutely leaning, especially where the run game for the Eagles has not been as good in the past – since the Jets game and since Hurts has, has been wearing that brace and maybe, you know, a lingering knee injury that he's still not on the injury report every week. Somehow. Um, I don't know how the NFL is not investigating that. They investigated the B. John Robinson thing, but uh, I mean, he's wearing a knee brace every week and limping. Uh, I would think he's on the injury report. So I get that he is definitely saving their offense right now for the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at with that statement. Last one, Brock Purdy will cost the 49ers the division. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, that's, I would, I, again, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's the defense's fault. I, I think that the defense and he's turning it, the ball over, though. I will say that, like he's throwing a lot of interceptions. He is, and again, maybe, maybe we're only we're not. He doesn't even have sixteen starts, seventeen starts, a full season's worth on his resume. Um, I don't think at this point, or maybe he just kind of clips that mark. But 
teams start to figure out some of these quarterbacks that have weaknesses. So uh, maybe they're, they're learning some of his tendencies. I will say, you know, past couple games, he hasn't had Trent Williams or Debo Samuels. So I think that that is a huge, huge hindrance to that offense. We said it before the season. I picked the Seahawks to win this division. And the reason was because of Brock Purdy and it's starting to show. And I hate to say that Lou, cause I know you got that MVP ticket going, but it's not looking good the last couple of weeks. So that, that's kind of where I'm at. Lou, what was the most fake and what, what was the most real rather the most real statement that you could agree with of any of those statements out of any of those. Mm-hmm. I was so baffled by Tyree kill is definitely the most versatile. <laughs> most well, that's the most fake for you then. No, I know. I know. I it's uh. I, I didn't care for any the Jags. <laughs> no, the no, Jags? The, no, the Jags and the Vikings should not uh, trade for quarterback, but they already did. So it was kind of, uh, you know, that's why I didn't pick that one immediately. These were kind of Sunday, Sunday thoughts. Yeah, you know, no, it's OK. Mid-Sunday but the Jags thoughts. definitely. I mean, the Jags look like you said, you know, they can muck stuff up. They look uh, they look good. They you do. Know, not in London. So yeah, not in London. Yeah, still, they don't even need London now. All right, so uh, with the week that was, Maddie, with the pushes and all over the place, it's going to be my turn to pick uh, first with the winning week. So I'm going to punt, Maddie, because I am more interested in making you pick this week than than me. I like my picks, and I have some leans, even though it's a hard one, but I want to make this hard for you and make you pick a bad quarterback. So the floor is yours, my friend. Well, you read my mind there, and you must have my notes in front of you because we're certainly picking a bad quarterback, and – I can lay out the game, and you're not even going to be sure which side I'm taking with the bad quarterback. I will be making a pick in the Minnesota and Atlanta game. Oh, God. <laughs> it's finally Heineke time, baby. We got Desmond Ritter's out. It's Heineke time. Oh. But we're not going to back Taylor. Heineke has a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Of course not. We are going to pick Minnesota Vikings starting Jaron Hall this Ooh. week. It's ugly. It's hideous. I'm not even sure what I'm making this pick because every other game also has bad quarterbacks or quarterbacks. We're not sure of who's going to play. At least I have the starting quarterbacks for both sides on this. And I just think that if, you know, think of Taylor Heineke is a four and a half point favorite. That's crazy to me. This Atlanta team has come down to earth a little bit in these past few weeks. Their defense is, I think still above average, but I think some of their numbers are a little bit inflated on the defensive side of the ball. Going over to the Minnesota on the offense, uh, they haven't been able to run the ball at all. I think that Jaron Hall, I mean, he's a more mobile quarterback than Kirk Cousins, which you could say about almost any quarterback in the league is more mobile than Kirk Cousins. Um, but I think the Vikings might be able to incorporate maybe a little RPO play, especially those are a little bit easier to uh, pick up for a, a rookie quarterback, a first-time starting quarterback, give him some easy reads, give him some running options. Uh, and that not only opens, you know, for quarterback, for him running the ball himself, but it should open up a little bit for them to be able to run the ball um, on that Atlanta defense, even though the Atlanta defense strength is running the ball. So I think that he could still pass the ball down the field enough. Uh, again, we only saw him for very little bit of last week, but I think that he is going to be able to move the ball on that Atlanta defense just a little bit, um, give them some looks that maybe they're not used to on Atlanta's side of the ball. Flores also, Flores is insanely high blitz rate you know over 50 percent uh which is the only team in the nfl that's blitzing at over 50 percent uh you know number one blitz rate in the league i think that he's actually gonna be able to get whether they get home i i heineke is not very good with pressure out of a clean pocket 
Um, I was trying to find some numbers on Heineke. I was only able to find them basically halfway through the season last year through week seven. Um, and he was one of the, I think he had a, a, a about a 25 quarterback rating uh, when blitzed and when, and when, when the blitz gets, uh, you know, pressure on him in those situations. So I think that them blitzing, even if they're not getting home at the rate that they wish they can get home at throwing some looks at Heineke in his first start, uh, Drake London has an injury. So maybe he's not at hundred percent coming into this game. Uh, I'm going to take Minnesota here. Also, this is another one of those trends. Uh, I got a couple trends I got for this game. Um, giving you this one before, uh, Evan Abrams from the action network, uh, teams that open as an underdog and then switch to a favorite, which the Falcons were this week. Uh, those teams are 43 and 83 against the spread since 2019, seven and 11 this season. Um, that applies to a couple other teams this week. We might get to later on also the Falcons. Uh, this is an interesting one. The Falcons, when they return home of the road or a neutral game, they are three and 10 against the spread under Arthur Smith including one in five against the spread as a home favorite. They have not been very good as a home favorite. Also, this is an extremely low total game, uh, 37 and a half points here. So getting the four and a half, I think is a big point in this one. Uh, underdogs in low total games under 42 are 25, 10 and two against the spread this season. Give me the Vikings. That might be one of the most disgusting quarterback matchups you'll ever see. Taylor Heineke versus Jaron Hall, who I saw live and in person at BYU last year. Uh, that was, uh, I don't know. where th This game I literally have nothing on. I didn't look at it, didn't touch it. I'm like, why would I look at this game? Um, it's down to four now uh, in the consensus line, which is whatever. I actually have this exact – this is one of the exact lines I had on my power rate. It was Falcons minus Ooh. four. So this is right on the dot for me. I, it's way too close, and I have no idea what to do with these quarterbacks. Heineke in a new system, Jaron Hall in his first game, God bless you. I mean, going on the road to do that, oof, that one is stinky. Well, now that we're off to a very um, inauspicious start here, let's, uh, let's just make something – very concrete. This is a you know your classic if uh, pick for me. Like I, like it kind of is like most weeks. If I'm back in my home, I'm going back to my home team because I'm going to take a low bite on on the Patriots because I have no other no other real game that I really like honestly like like enough to to take this. And I'm taking Bill Belichick versus the worst offensive line in football. That's literally all I'm going to do. Uh, it's it's New England's defense that has played a lot better in the last few weeks since the New Orleans game. I feel like garbage for Kendrick Bourne that he tore his ACL uh, with that offense. I mean, that was one of the few guys that was actually impacting offense, and it totally stinks. You want to talk about another ugly game. This one might not be as ugly of a quarterback matchup as yours is, but it's still pretty ugly, even though these guys have actually been starting the entire season and really not playing that great. Sam Howell versus Mac Jones. But Sam Howell, man, keeps facing pressure. New England has blitzed at the third highest rate in football, and their hurry percentage on quarterbacks is second in the league. Washington's rush defense has been a lot better, but they're still 21st in the league in both opponents' rushing yards per game and opponents' yards per carry. And the New England offense should be able to get by that Washington front because they just traded their two best starting defensive ends. So... I mean, I'm not sure. Washington's totally thrown in the towel. Um, it's obvious. 
How about this one as a stat, like you mentioned, this Action Network stat. Quarterback starting in their first 10 starts on the road in New England, 5-31 and 31 straight up. That's what would be Sam Howell's category. And since 2019 versus losing teams, New England has done well. They're 16-9 and nine against the spread. And since 2020 versus teams that missed the playoffs the previous year, 24-29-1 against the spread are those teams in New England. So I'm taking the Patriots very reluctantly. The line actually just ticked back down to minus three. I say very reluctantly, like it, was, it wasn't going to happen. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Belichick versus the hapless commanders, the uncommanded commanders at minus three. Well, this is a game that I was back and forth on. I, my first read, my first thought on this one too was was the uh, the rookie quarterback, you know, going against Sam Howell. I was going to throw a different look at him. But if I've learned anything about this season, is that all of these Belichick trends from when they've had good teams, throw them out the window. This guy's washed, and I think that the public is buying in on Washington. Just sold everybody off. They have no chance in this game. Oh You'll gosh. see that in a pros Joe's game. And that's why we will have to ride with Washington plus three. I'm very, I'm mad. It's down to three now. Cause I thought I was getting three and a hook with the commanders. It, I just think that the, again, the public is coming in heavy on this team uh, for the Patriots right now. 57% of the tickets are on new England. 54% of the money is on Washington. Um, like I said, I just think that's part of the, you know, seeing the trade in line and saying, oh, they have no chance here. I mean, yes, defensively, the commanders did trade two of their better players. They were 31st in DVOA coming into this already. They weren't good. Like they already weren't good. So it really can't get much worse, except, you know, by one spot, they can get worse in this one. Um, but if I'm just looking at the quarterbacks here, one has shown the ability to move the ball down the field and actually score points. And it ain't Macaroni Jones in this matchup. I mean, the Patriots have only had three games this season that they've eclipsed 350 total yards uh, three times in their first eight games. Um, and I just, this is a good, I think this is a good spot here uh, against, again, a Patriots offense that cannot get it moving. I know that this is a bad defense, but it's still, now you lose, again, losing Kendrick Bourne, you lose your most productive offensive talent. Um, you've got good old Pop Douglas over there. You've got I mean, Juju. You're going to be relying on Juju heavily in this game. Ugh. And there's some other, some other trends here to back this one up, too. I think um, road dogs, road dogs of less than a touchdown, Washington, versus a team that is averaging less than 18 points per game on offense, New England, uh, are hitting at 64% since 2008. And that's an almost 300-game sample size. Uh, and as well as Mac Jones – uh, his career against the spread record is 16, 23, and 1. But if you really dig into it, he's 5-0 and against the spread against the Jets and Zach Wilson. So against all other teams and quarterbacks, Jones is 11, 23, and 1 against the spread. So I think that this is just trying to take the side of the house here. The public's going to come heavy on New England. They do not deserve to be a field goal favorite against anybody. They don't deserve to be a favorite against anybody, Dan. So I'm going to take Washington here in our uh, first head-to-head of the week. I, I think that's makes me sick that it's a head-to-head too. But I think the uh, I think the whole consensus around oh we can move the ball up and down the field against the Eagles that is true. But I mean they just played the Giants and had seven points. They played Atlanta and were outgained by 200 yards. 
And then they also played Justin Fields and the Bears and got absolutely mollywhopped. So uh, I think the Eagles that it's are more of a one-off than anything else. I, I do not like I, I I do not like this Washington offense. I don't think it's very good at all. And I don't think their deep and their defense is way worse than their offenses. So we shall see, my friend. I don't what number is that for you? Is that number four for you? That was number four. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. At least we're on pace here. Timed it out uh, well. That's good. That's good. We've got you're going against me this week. Can you just leave us alone this year? Like we we're not having a great year. Just leave us alone. No, because we didn't leave anybody else alone for 20 years. It's not a lot. Yeah, thank you very much. Um okay. Well, you know what, uh, Matt, if you want to go with an NFC East team on the road, I'm gonna go with an NFC East team on the road. Because Antonio Pierce said he was a Raider for life as the interim head coach. But he owes his allegiance to the team he won a ring with. I'm going big blue in the Giants plus one and a half, getting Danny Dimes back uh, this week, practicing, going up against rookie Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders. Listen, man, everybody wants to ride that train of Josh McDaniels got fired. So, you know, maybe this is a spot where the Raiders are going to play inspired. They're done with this coach. They're done with this OC. They're done with this this GM, like now that now they get Antonio Pierce, and God bless him. Antonio Pierce has has had a higher ranking coaching positions before, but dude, I mean this Vegas offense. If you think Aiden O'Connell's coming and fixing this 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 offense for the Raiders, I don't see that happening. This is the last three weeks stats for the Raiders: twenty eighth in completion percentage, twenty seventh in yards in attempt. 31st in passer rate, 31st in yards per carry, 30th rush yards per game, 28th red zone offense, 31st yards per play, 32nd time of possession, and 28th in points per game. Is that not enough to give Aiden O'Connell a try? Sure. But guess who's coming for Aiden O'Connell? Our boy, Wink. Wink Martindale on defense. Coming for some man flesh, my friend. That's what he's doing. Only Minnesota blitzes more than the Giants. And they have the third highest hurry percentage and the 10th highest pressure rate. Also, look at the Giants the last three weeks on defense. First in completion percentage on D, fourth in yards attempt, first in the league in third down defense, third in the league in opponents' red zones attempts per game. They're second in opponents' yards per play, first in opponents' points per play, and first in punts per play on, on defense. With Danny Dimes back, it'll give their offense at least an ability to actually throw the football. Um, and, and scoring, having minus nine passing yards against the Jets. I mean, that was a completely egregious thing that happened. Plus, there was a really cool stat that came out, again, like we said, from the Action Network. Teams that had less than 50 yards passing the previous week and are road dogs the following week, 62-38-3 in the last 10 years. That's 62%. I love the Giants here. My numbers, my my uh, my ratings had it exactly the same. The Giants should be favored in this game. Uh, I do not believe in the spot for the Raiders that oh they're going to fire their coach and now you know they're going to play inspired football. This ain't twenty twenty one Rich Passaccia. Okay, this is a lot bigger problem. Give me the Giants plus one and a half. Yeah, they might have expelled all of their fire the head coach. Like I mean. Mark Davis would just do that like every week at this point. Yes. That's the only chance they have. I mean, they, they've done this far too much in like the past four seasons to, to be able to take, you know, have that spot. I, I, I would agree with you on the side. Um, 
I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get there with this game. Cause I, you know, again, I, I they'll simplify the offense. Again, I think McDaniels is maybe almost too, too big headed and, and trying to do too much for, for an offense that doesn't necessarily have the pieces to, to do the, the peak of his offense that he wants it to be ran at with, you know, Brady and a perfect offensive line and, and weapons all over the place. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe they could, the Raiders can maybe at least simplify this down. Just pep. If you're O'Connell, it's like just pepper Devonte Adams with targets and, and, you know, less than 10, 15 yards down the field. Let's just pepper this guy with them. Uh, and I will just say, you're not allowed to talk to the giants defense and then talk down the commander's offense going against them. So I'll just, you know, you, you spoke yourself in circles there a little bit. So I'm basically, oh. now, you're, you're giving more credit to the commander's offense now because they did play a good giants defense. So um, I'll just leave it at that. Three week, three week stats. Okay. Three weeks down. The recency, the commanders recency were in, has come into it. The commanders were in the three weeks. No. Well, so were two other teams. Anyway, uh, let's go to number three, Matty. Number three. Man, this is another one, too. Like, the, the bottom three here, just like none of these feel good. I, I feel like and after the one, two, and two, I've lost my mojo. I feel like I've got nothing <laughs> here. We got to take a good defense against a team that just does not know how to win. And boy, Lou, do those Jets have a really, really good defense. Give me the New York Jets plus three and a half at home on Monday night versus Brandon Super Staley and his Super Chargers. (laughs) It's We got a couple things here as far as giving me a, a spot that I was able to end up, you know, convincing myself to get this one in here we get to fade the sunday night winner i mean the chargers get to be at home and beat up on the abysmal abysmal bears defense uh and a, and a d2 quarterback that was you know and, and again that d2 quarterback kind of moved the ball up and down the field on he had turnovers and stuff like that but he had i think almost 250 yards of offense uh, of passing the uh, passing offense and I think that the Jets and Zach Wilson are going to be able to do better than that. And the Jets defense, I mean, you can't get much more difference than the Jets defense and the Bears defense. Um, also, again, this is just a spot that we fade the Chargers as a favorite, especially getting a hook on three and a half. Um, Herbert in quote unquote toss up games in his career where the spread is four points or less. Uh, he is 15, 18 and one against the spread. Uh, when the, the spread is between four, uh, you know, four either way, uh, that's including 10, 15, and one, where a spread of three points or less. Uh, he's also won six and one in his last eight games in this exact kind of spot with his lone win coming over Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Uh, Herbert is also grading out, you know, we had that, it's the injury to the, the finger on that, with that massive, the cast, is the cast on his middle finger not getting bigger every week? I feel like it's getting bigger every single week. He's just gonna have. They're a, taping might, it further and further down his arm now. He might like just have. A, he might just have a club on his hand. One of these weeks, like a <laughs> D lineman has. Fist uh, of Fury. Herbert is bottom five in the NFL as far as a PFF grade on throws twenty plus yards down the field. Um, and, and I just think that the Jets defense is going to be able to, you know, yes, the Chargers want to work that intermediate passing game with Eckler and Allen, uh, but you know, take that explosiveness any sort of explosiveness away from the Chargers, which they really haven't had since Mike Williams went out. Um, and I think the Jets can hang in this one. Not to mention, we know how bad the Chargers run defense is, and that's what the be- the Jets are doing best on offense. I think Brees Hall, uh, definitely look for Brees Hall to break a long one in this game. As far as props go, I would look at like a like a Brees Hall longest run in this one, maybe uh, maybe over on his attempts, because I think that they should be absolutely feeding him this game. Um, 
And this is another one that's going to follow our open as a favorite now underdog or open as an underdog mm-hmm. now favorite trend um, here. So uh, I already gave you this at 43 and 83 against the spread since 2019, 7 11 this season. So um, kind of riding on that trend heavy this week here in this ugly week. But give me the Jets plus three and the hook on Monday night football. Lewis, a response? I like the hook. I do. Oh, I bet you do. What was our last Monday night game? What happened? The miracle <laughs> of miracles. The, mir- yeah, the, the miracle at the, well, not the Meadowlands, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Miracle so, of MetLife. I like it. I like that. That was a roller coaster, roller coaster win. Yes. For that. So, you know, in this game, in this game, really, one team might be lightning, but we're deploying the F 16s, baby. I'm a mind meld on this one. I love this game. This is my number two pick. Clear the runways for the JETS defense going right through that Charger offensive line. You know how the Jets are the number one team in the league in pressure rate and in hurry percentage? They're hurrying the quarterback and pressuring the quarterback at both the highest rates in the league, uh, not to mention all the other great stats that their defense is doing. Believe it or not, I had the Jets rated out as my number one defense in the league this year or this week. It was pretty incredible. When I adjusted the recent stats, the Jets have the highest rated defense in football, in my opinion. Um, and and plus, they get to go after Herbert. Where is the run game for the Chargers gone, right? I mean, remember that was all good, and they ran for 200 yards against the Dolphins and all this stuff. Do you know they're bottom six in both EPA per rush and rushing success right now with Austin Eckler back in the lineup? Zach Wilson also going to face a much easier defense this week at home chargers giving up more yards per attempt than anyone in the league the fifth worst passer rating the fourth worst pressure rate uh and zach wilson's been better one interception in his last 170 pass attempts so he's got the lowest interception rate of his career and the chargers having to play back-to-back night games west to east herbert two and five on the road in night games in his career i love this one man i'm all in on the on gangrene plus three and a half that's my number two pick I love it. Yeah, no, I said I think that this is just a really good defense. That can this this Chargers team. It's like they don't. They just play down to competition. They play up in close games, but it's never, ever, ever. We are beyond backing the Chargers as favorites. So getting yes. them, especially like I said over a, over a field goal, uh, I like the spot a lot. We probably should have done it last week, thinking about it and how low we were on them and all that stuff. And we had the Bears with Bajan coming off a win. Like that was that was obviously easy if you took it. Um, but we were just we were traumatized by them from the Chiefs game. It was brutal. So uh, I believe this is your number two pick. This is my number two pick. And as get out of those get out of the garbage games, even though that last game is actually a pretty good one. That's, that's a good one. Pretty yeah. that 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 last game we talked about is actually pretty pivotal for that. You know, one of those last wild card spots. I think mm. the AFC. So um, that's going to be a big game for for both those teams. But this is one of the premier games of the week. You said you were taking an NFC East underdog. Well, I am taking an, an another NFC East underdog. And I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys plus three points <laughs> against the Philadelphia Eagles. I might smell a head-to-head coming up here with one of your next picks here coming up, Dan. But I just really like the Cowboys offense has righted the ship a little bit in the past few weeks. And McCarthy has come out and talked about what they've done. It's not only like 
you've seen it happen on the field, but they, he's talked about it in press conferences about what they're doing. They're they're throwing the ball on first down more. They're using motion more. They're finally throwing the ball to CeeDee Lamb, which obviously he had a monster game last week against the Rams. Um, and again, I, and that's an absolutely horrendous spot for the Eagles to be in. Their, their nickel corner, their slot corner spot is has been the biggest weakness for them all year. Their passing defense in general, we mentioned how Sam Howell has lit them up multiple times. And I just think that the Dallas, Dallas might have an advantage on both sides of the ball here. I mean, offensively, they are going to be able to pass the ball. The Eagles' run defense has been good, but Dallas has not been leaning on Pollard. They really haven't even gotten him going much at all this year. So I think this game is going to be in Dax's hands. Um, he had you know his best, his best game of the season last week. I think they're trending in the right direction. And the Dallas defense. After losing Diggs, it, it, they went through a couple couple struggle, strugglesome weeks with uh, not being able to defend the pass nearly as well. But they've really, really settled in here recently. Uh, was it uh, not Bayard? That's who the Eagles just traded for. But uh, there's the, the kid for the Cowboys has got three interceptions already this year. Um, it, it also starts with the B. I don't have it. Didn't write it down in front of me. But he has found his way as far as playing really well in that spot. Um, Cowboys defense on passes up to ten yards. So that short passing game, the Cowboys defense. Uh, is a negative 0.5 EPA per play. So they are gaining, uh, the, the offenses are losing a half a point when they are throwing balls uh, less than 10 yards against the Cowboys defense. That's coming from a lot of interceptions. And they've got they've got some of those pick sixes on those short passes where they're jumping routes. But this is an opportunistic defense. This is kind of what they've always been under Dan Quinn, is they are always going to be fighting, going after that ball hard. Um, it's, Dallas has um, the second best pressure rate in the NFL right behind the Jets. And again, I said at the top of the show, Jalen Hurts is is injured. Like he's not on injury reports yeah. and it's not really being reported, but he is injured. It's very clear. He has not been running the ball nearly as much and it's impacting their rushing offense as a whole. Um, and it started against the Jets when they when they lost that game to the Jets. The first five games for the Eagles, they were averaging 164 rushing yards per game. The last three, they were averaging 79 rushing yards per game. And Hurts himself, the first five games, he was averaging 41.2 rushing yards the last three 24.6 rush yards a game not to mention this is Dak is actually surprisingly I, I my first like mental thought kind of maybe like a little exercise we did at the top of the show it's like oh Dak Dak in a big game uh against a divisional opponent he's actually been phenomenal against the NFC East he is 28 and 7 straight up against the NFC East and 25 and 10 against the spread so I think getting three points here in a spot where the Eagles who we have said haven't looked right all year but they've they're still seven and one. It just feels like it's the right time to get on the Cowboys here and say, look, the Cowboys are are starting to get moving, and the Eagles were wondering kind of what's going on with them. So I'll, I'll take the three points here in what feels like a coin flip kind of a matchup. Three points feels like the right exact number for this game. Um, you know, I told you a few weeks ago, man. Happy wife, happy life. Uh, and I really thought though that I was going to be on by myself in this game, but we have a mind melt. This is not a head to head. This is a mind melt. I have this as my number three play with them boys. The guy you're thinking of, by the way, is Deron Bland. He has four yes. interceptions and three touchdowns. So he's got three pick sixes on those interceptions. I did not think you were going to be here either because I was like, I don't know. Everybody feels like every sharp and it, this feels like a sharp and public play to play the Eagles. I feel like we're kind of on an island here taking the Cowboys. It's like you look at the schedule and you could say, what's the one team that no one's going to take this week? And you could make a really good argument 
yeah, you might say like Arizona or something, but you can make a really good argument that Dallas is that team because people have no faith in them to beat the Eagles. This is not the playoffs. This is a regular season game. And you mentioned it like Philadelphia is banged up at quarterback and the threat of Hertz running the ball does not make their run game dangerous. That's, that's what it is. Philadelphia so far this year has given up 18 quarterback hits to Hertz. He faced, he had 22 quarterback hits all last season. He's getting pressured more than any time in his career. Obviously they also have the buy next week and they could just be playing out the string, trying to get everybody healthy. Like that, that's kind of part of my theory. You mentioned that Dak stat of NFC opponents. Did you know that that's the best mark of anybody against their division in the last 20 years outside of Aaron Rodgers and Big Ben? Like those are the other two quarterbacks. Like that's really kind of crazy. And he's eight and three against the spread against Philadelphia in his career. So Dallas, they're going to have to find a way to run the ball in this game. That's going to be the whole issue. And can they can they kind of do that? I know that's what McCarthy wants to do, but they should be able to throw it. As long as Dak can stay upright, they should be able to throw it all over Philadelphia. The the issue here and the battle here is on that the trench warfare, like we said. It's won and lost in the trenches. Dallas is tied for third in pressure rate allowed on offensive line. Philadelphia's the seventh best team in the league in pressure rate. It's you, me, and Skip Bayless going into Philly together. Let's do it, brother. I love it. I love it. I was I was for sure thought you were taking the Eagles. As like a little short favorite here, always up. But yeah, like you said, it's not a playoff game. This is a game that, and this this is what gets the Cowboys fans' hopes to the ceiling. Like this oh, is the game. Yeah. This is the game that gets the Super Bowl talk. Oh, we just kicked, the, we just kicked the hell out of the Rams, and then we beat the Eagles. Like the Super Bowl parade is already going to be get starting to get scheduled after this if they win this game. Um, so yeah, no, I like the spot for the Cowboys. This is a delusional narrative right here. Like it really is. Think about it. I've been waiting for this is the best game, in my opinion, the best rivalry in football right now is this game. Yeah, yeah, it's it's right there, and it's, and it's great because last year we didn't get to see these quarterbacks didn't play each other last year. We mm-hmm. had Cooper Rush versus Hertz, and then we had Minshew versus Dak. Like it was yeah. it was a it was a weird thing last year. We didn't get to see these quarterbacks face each other. So uh, happy to see them. You know, mostly at full strength. Both both teams are hurt mostly in the secondary. Um, yeah, on their on each of their side of the the. the their defenses. So, um, yeah, let's how about them boys? Uh, but them boys, man, this is the first time we get to see these two teams, like at the levels at which they are at, you know, yeah. like they're the two, you would say the Cowboys, I don't know if they're like at the Eagles level yet, but they're pretty much comparable and they can beat them. So I like this spot. Number one, sir. Well, we got to, it did it not work out taking five dogs last week. So we got to find a favorite here. And I, I think like I know this. where you're going. We might I have like, another mind melt. I like this favorite more than anybody else as a uh, favorite. When you could take the best quarterback in football to just win a game, ah, you take the Kansas City Chiefs minus one and a half in Germany. We got the we gotta have to get up German. early on this one. We're gonna be up early at 9:30 kickoff Eastern time uh, for this Kansas City versus Dolphins game. What else do we have to know about the Dolphins? I mean, they come out, they kick the crap out of bad teams. They beaten, they got six wins against five teams because they beat the Patriots twice. If you weren't aware, um, that all have losing records. And then every time that they take a step up in competition, aka the Bills and the Eagles, they get exposed and they don't look as good as they were. 
So I, I think that this is a great spot for Kansas City here. And like I said, it, it's coming off of, you know, we get a good number, I think, because of Kansas City losing to Denver last week and kind of an embarrassing loss for them. One of the one of the more embarrassing losses they've taken in the past time that Mahomes has been there, three, four, five years, um, that they really got beat up, uh, maybe maybe losing to the Colts outright when they were seven-point favorites. Um, but, you know, that was that was at least close. They had a chance to, to win that game. But um, speaking of, again, those Eagles and Bills games, the biggest thing that I think that Kansas City brings here is their defense. This defense is going to give Miami problems. We've talked about how good this defense has has been improved this year. Uh, the, the Dolphins' six wins have come against very subpar pass rushing units. And I know you'll tell me the Patriots have a good pass rushing unit. They don't. Um, they don't. The Patriots, Broncos, Giants, Chargers, and Panthers, they all five of those teams rank 14th or worse in pressure rate with the giants being highest at 14. The other ones are all like 20th or worse in pressure rate. And they lost to the Eagles and the bills who both rank top eight in pressure rate. And where are the chiefs in that? They are fourth. They are at 28% pressure rate on the season so far. Uh, Miami, another uh, more things about uh, this defense um, or sorry, going to the other side of the ball. Um, Miami's defense. Yes, they got Jalen Ramsey back last week, and there's a chance Xavier Howard's going to play this week. I believe. Well, they have a lot of guys come. They have they have Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, Nick Needham, all coming back as uh, on their secondary. So, I just I think, and again, I think people will see that as a, as a big advantage against these Chiefs wide receivers who uh, have been horrible. Patrick Mahomes is as his his wide receivers are leading the league in drops. He's had the most drops. Uh, their their receivers have had the most drops of anybody this year for a team combined, but Miami is allowing 88% uh, completion rate on passes under nine yards down the field. And that's what this chief's offense is now is they like to dink and dunk the ball. They, they have not had that explosive offense since Tyreek Hill left. And they really like to just attack that underneath route. 88% completion percentage for Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. Not to mention they're going to be able to control the clock in this game and keep the ball away from the dolphins, which is, I think is again, flipping the script a little better than what people were trying to do to Kansas City, saying, what do you got to do? You got to run the ball and you got to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. The Chiefs are sixth in the league in time of possession, averaging over 31 uh, minutes of possession in a game. The Dolphins are 21st at uh, twenty, just over 29 minutes. Now, granted, that's because they have a quick-hitting offense and they score very quickly, but I think that this is exactly, especially in the second half, if, if they have a tie game, you know, if they're in a neutral game or the Chiefs are playing with the lead, the Chiefs are going to be so good at just bleeding that clock, taking away time from the Dolphins to be able to maybe speed them up on offense, maybe have to make them get the ball out of their hands faster. I don't like the linebacker injuries with Nick Bolton, and I, I think gonna say, uh, yeah. Willie, Willie Gay might be out as well for this one. Nick Bolton's definitely out. He's, he just had surgery. Um, so that does concern me a little bit, but I think the front four has been really good. Chris Jones, I think, is going to be able to – get to Tua a lot in this game. He's one of these guys that you can move all around the line. He can play interior. He can play on the outside. I think he might play a little more interior this week to get Tua off of this spot a little bit quicker. Um, and we mentioned it before on the show. This is, again, this is just the Mahomes spot when he is this short of a favorite or a dog. Mahomes is a, a three-point favorite or less uh, or an underdog. He has had 26 games. Uh, sorry, yeah, 26 games. He is 19-6-1 and one. Uh, after losing to Denver last week. Mahomes is nine and one straight up in his next road or neutral game after a road or neutral loss. Um, and as a favorite of three points or less, uh, yeah, I already gave that one twice, uh, 13 and five against the spread um, as a favorite of 
between three and zero. So mm. um, give me Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs. The Chiefs. Uh, Miami's in my leans. And, you know, I, and I, I wanted to put them in here, but the fear was right. The fear is Patrick Mahomes under, under three uh, and Chris Jones. I think Chris Jones is really the key to this game. I mean, interior pressure will bother Tua. You know, that's the whole thing. But why did we like Miami to win this division? We Like, obviously their offense is good, but we liked them because we thought that when Jalen Ramsey came back, this was going to be a really tough defense to go up against. Christian Wilkins is playing a lot better. Bradley Chubb is playing a lot better. Like, I don't know. It kind of changes the game. They don't have any receivers that are really going to hurt you. Um, if they can run the football, fine, go for it. Like, I think the Pacheco, uh, Jerick McKinnon is not going to play in this game. It sounds like he didn't practice this week. I'm not sure if he's going to play. So, and here's the other factor, Matt. Them going to Germany, the Dolphins have been there since Tuesday. Uh, Kansas City's getting there Friday. So that's a little scary. I I don't know the the legs for Kansas City. Like their defense played a lot of snaps on against Denver. Um, and Denver ran the ball all over them. That was very strange. And and without the old linebackers, too. It's like, yes, I love Patrick Mahomes in that spot, but this is a very different Patrick Mahomes team. And Patrick Mahomes, by his metrics, is having one of the worst seasons of his career in terms of, and obviously that's not saying, you know, he's obviously it's tough to have a bad season if you're Patrick Mahomes, but in terms of his level of play, uh, he's been under pressure more than any time in his career. He's had the, a, a bad throw percentage is the worst in his career. Uh, he's had more drops than anybody in, in his career from his receivers. I don't know. It's, it's just feels like some of these trends that we're seeing with the chiefs too are a little bit different and out the window. So I don't know. That's a, that's a tough game for me to even get a hold of, so, but I like the idea of, of Mahomes. like when in doubt, right? Like we learned that. So, right. What, I mean, one and a half, it's like not even worried about a field goal, not even worried, like basically got to win the game outright. Like betting, I'm probably just going to take the money line in this one. Yeah. Uh, I actually think I have them. I have them paired with another. Well, actually, I don't want to spoil it because it might be your favorite you have coming up. Um, but I think a little money, uh, a short, a short favorite money line parlay is what I'm going to be working with uh, with them this week. But okay, go ahead and give me. I think uh, yeah, I, there's two ways you're going with this. Okay, with this uh, short favorite here you're taking. I'm taking a team. I'm taking a team to play another team that are completely different directions. That's what I was saying. Because one team is in a funk. But the other is dancing to a little jungle boogie. You convinced me, Matt. I'm taking the other best quarterback in football, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I, I have to do it here. I last week totally put it over the top for me. I didn't see it. And I don't want to chase this team. But Buffalo again had another game in which they got up big and almost lost it. Like if Chris Godwin looks up on the Hail Mary for the Bucs. They're hitting that like it, and a miracle cover, by the way. Congratulations. I know you had that uh, with the bouncing of balls off of people's heads and crazy things like that. That wild cover for the Bucks. But uh, I'm taking the Bengals minus two here on Sunday night. I, I, I like this. These teams, different directions. The Bengals should be back and ready to run over the faces of the small Buffalo front. I mean, it just 
it's the way it is. This Buffalo front being banged up with no Milano. Now Kyler, now they got Kyler Elam that, that's not practicing this week. So more hits to their secondary, more hits to their front. Um, you know, we've talked about those injuries at nauseum uh, up front. Plus, this defense of of the Bengals has been excellent. They're the fourth highest quarterback knockdown rate in football. Um, the last three weeks, they've been great in the fourth quarter. They've given up the fifth least amount of points in the fourth quarter in football. So they're winning these games in the fourth quarter as well. Um, and it's just a great matchup for Joe Mixon up front. They should be able to run the ball with him. Buffalo, if you look at their defense, is completely falling off. Bottom seven in success rate on defense. Bottom four in EPA allowed. Burrow back to his former self with downfield throws, Matt. Uh, last week against the 49ers on, on passes of 10 yards or more down the field, eight for nine with two touchdowns. Um, and he's plays the best against the best, like against winning teams in his career. He's 18 and eight against the spread. I don't have a lot of stats on this game because I think the Bengals stats mostly are incorrect. Um, I think they are finally, you know, have caught up to themselves. And I think the Bills offensive numbers hold up their incredibly leaky defense. And even their offensive numbers, it is insane that how crazy that how good their offensive numbers are, and they throw it to one guy. It's yeah. just incredible to me. So this is not a well-run team right now in Buffalo, and Cincinnati is finding their groove. And I'm back on that Super Bowl train. I I, I will admit that I got off for a couple of stops there, but I chased the train down, and now I've I've caught the caboose. Let me take the Jungle Boogie and Cincinnati minus two in the jungle on Sunday night. Yeah, this, this is a lean for me. This is probably like this. I would say this is like my, you know, first one out kind of thing. And it just it's kind of what you were saying as far as I just felt like I was maybe chasing them a little bit. And I don't want to buy, you know, just a little scary to buy in after taking down the Niners, getting a, you know, getting a real signature win. Um, you know, they, they snuck by Seattle a couple weeks ago, which, again, I had, you know, it was a head to head. And I we acknowledge I was very lucky to win that game. Um, yeah. So that's the only reason I didn't put them in here is I just thought that I was maybe taking them for, for a little too you know too much on the bangle train here but again i think under a field goal you gotta love them in this spot at home no question no question and and look goes right back to is buffalo any different than they were last year they're gonna play them now after that playoff performance like if i was if i was lou anaromo i would just go and pressure josh allen and get in his face and then I would run the football just down their throats. Like they, they're not going to be able to stop it. This is one of the worst rush defenses in football. So I, I love it. I love, uh, I love Cincinnati on, on Sunday night. Yeah. I think the Anna Rumo, uh, you know, he can literally just run the playback back like from uh, the divisional round. Like you were saying, yes. I think that they, I think he absolutely has the script on how to stop this team and they become even more one dimensional than they were last year. Like you said, it, it's literally step on digs or nothing for the bills. They, they worked in uh, was Shakir, uh, for like the first yep. quarter last week, which is clearly like a game script thing. And he was not involved. He had six yes. catches like the first quarter and then he had nothing else the rest of the game. It was clearly just like game script stuff. But when it comes down to it, they've really got one option and it's digs. So I think they're going to take him away. And um, I, I worry though, I, you know, Jesse Bates was a huge factor in that defensive scheme and they don't have him obviously this year. So I think that that scared me off a little bit as well. I think he was very impactful for their defensive uh, game plan for Buffalo, um, and we'll see how we'll see how McDermott responds. Dax Hill is playing really well for the Bengals he right is. now. He is, and and you just mentioned it, man. Like they, that's what's so frustrating about the Bills' offense. They do it for like a, a drive, and then they just go back to whatever they were doing. Like it's it's never consistent for them. And Josh Allen knows it. 
Um, the leans. Uh, I'm just going to lay you down. I told you Miami was in my leans. Indianapolis is in my lanes. Uh, going on the road in Frank Reich Bowl, USA, down in Charlotte. I could not put this game in there. It was, it was just so brutal. I hate Indianapolis. I, I, I had Carolina in my oh, lanes because I guess, like, and I couldn't quite get there. But again, they with Frank Reich not doing play calling anymore. Their their offense was totally different last week. But when you dig it, like they did get they got outgained by the Texans yeah. last week, and it was just still like I still couldn't quite get there. They they were very close. And then as I'm just going to, I'll jump here. I, I thought the other favorite you could have been going with, I you were jumping on the, the Stroud, you know, CJ Stroud. No. Houston no. minus two and a half at Tampa Bay. But that's another one I kept going back and forth on and saying. That's your guy, not my the guy. The books, the books out a little bit. I, well, you didn't take your, your fade and your guy. So uh, it with Indianapolis <laughs> in the leans. I know. But, uh, I, I think that it, it gets one of those things too. Young quarterbacks, they can take off the early part of the year and, and a new offense too with Ben Johnson. And once teams start to learn some tape and start to figure out what some of these tells are, some signals are, uh, Houston has not been as good of an offense over the past few weeks. Um, so I had to leave them out. Yeah. You want to know what my last lane was? Most disgustingly ever? Bears, because I was right there with you on that. Team. Yeah, Bears. That's exactly right. That's odd. That's so funny. I love the Bears. I was like, how are the Saints eight and a half point favorites? Like, it just, that's so many points for the Saints. And I get they're playing really well, but, like, that's exactly when I'm like, no way. There's no way. And Sunday night loser, like, everything just lined up. I was like, this might be my fifth pick, and I just couldn't get there. Yeah, hold on. I, I want to find it really quick because uh, that's the thing, too. It's, like, just one week of the Saints looking decent on offense. is like we're just not ready to get back in them. And I know it's Tyson Bajan again, and it's not going to be great. But Derek Carr, Derek Carr as a favorite is or sorry as a favorite of three or more he is 8 24 and two against the spread which includes i kind of want to change it 112 and one against the spread in his last 14 games in this oh. spot i mean he is absolutely brutal as as a favorite and never mind being a favorite of over a touchdown i don't know if they have any trends for when he's over a seven point uh, seven point favor which i don't think probably happened very much at all in his career yeah. while he was with uh the raiders so there's probably not any data on that but he is a brutal uh guy to back as a favorite especially when you're getting eight and a half i kind of want to change my patriots pick <laughs> i can't believe i'm saying that but take the patriots out and put the bears in like i don't know, I don't know. did your hand off the chess piece already Oh, and somebody's still a little bit sore from last week of fantasy things. We won't bring it up here. Um, the I'm uh, not sore. Okay. Sam Howell was the number one quarterback in the week. Ah, week. I, don't, uh, I don't know who I was going to start at quarterback, but you know, oh, you, pick, you pick up the number one quarterback one of the week off the waiver wire because uh, that's how the quarterback position goes with fantasy football. We're incredible, incredible fans of genius. Start uh, garbage anyway, this week. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I bet you are. I bet you are. Uh, let's go to the specials, uh, under the weather. There's only one place to go. Break out the wiener schnitzel. Give me the Frankfurt game. Give me Kansas city and Miami. That's the one. It's the only game with weather and it's a huge number 51. And if, if, if the under plays in people aren't realizing this is going to be a disgusting game. It's going to yeah. be 53, 53 degrees which is 11 degrees Celsius, uh, and 15 to 25 mile an hour winds, which is 27 degrees kilometers per hour, 27 kilometers per hour, uh, then it's going to be uh, a mess. 
15 to 25 mile an hour winds, 17 sustained, and showers the whole game. So if that has any factor in the game, I do kind of like the Chiefs with the weather factor here and the fact that the game will be under, actually. I know unders are typically sent towards the the dog, but in my mind here, I think if the Chiefs kind of play a, a run-heavy kind of like dink and dunk offense um, where they, they value the ball and value the third downs and the ball game goes under, I kind of like the Chiefs for the weather factor of it all. So I'm going to take Kansas City, Miami in Germany, Danka, under 51. So the only other game that you could have gone with, which I've been, because I've been trying to look at weather more now, uh, NFLweather.com is a great site. You could get everything yeah. all in one spot. Um, but I thought you were maybe going to go with the Jets and Chargers game because that's another one. So one of the only the other ones because it is Monday night. Sunday looks like Sunday we've got like unseasonably warm weather in the Northeast, but on Monday we're supposed to get some some rain and some wind. So I thought that's my, you might have been going with that one as well. Yeah, I'm not, not entirely sure. I mean, the number on that game is 40. 40 and a half, so, yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty low, but I mean, maybe so. But I, I do like this one better. I like, like taking that high total and fading the public perception. Uh, let's do a magic magic money line parlay. He says he likes it, he just wants to get on the board. Well, you're gonna like one of you're gonna like half of it. Um, we are gonna take the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are a good spot mm. to get an outright win here. Um, fade the Eagles one. again. I feel like we fade the Eagles every week. I know we had it with the Jets. You know, we 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 were very close that week when we had the Jets in that one. So they're plus one thirty six and another plus one thirty six because it's another three point dog. Commanders, take the I Commanders. This is the Patriots. Worst. So if you want to swap if you, now, actually now now if you want to swap out your your pick and take the Bears, you know, just so you don't have to go against uh, against the moneyline parlay, which is yeah, riding so hot clearly. Um, but we're gonna take both at plus one thirty six, which gets you a plus four fifty six parlay with the commanders and the cowboys i think i'm gonna keep it in not that i'm rooting against you but i think i'm gonna keep it that's fair enough that makes me feel better get me a little get me a little little irked on that money line parlay but the value's there and you just gotta get in the board um lewis you've heard all this entire discussion you've perused the board which terrible quarterback narrative are you taking this week? Well, we're going to hold our breath. <laughs> we're going to put our sunscreen on. <laughs> Antonio Pierce is a new coach in Las Vegas versus <laughs> his old team. We're gonna, it's a stinker. Daniel Jones is horrible. This is going to be bad. Okay, this is a bad yes. game. This is not fun. All right, we're going with the new coach narrative. We're going with the giant stink. Uh, Raiders fans need a reason to you know, wake up in the morning. Uh, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go <laughs> with the Vegas Raiders. Okay, <laughs> this, is, this is what we like to call the Jeff Saturday spot. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. That's it. New coach. There you go. So, I mean, it's it's only because it's his old team. That's why it's that's the only reason. If it was any other, you know, if it was any other team, I'm not touching this at all. So, but I, I have to. That's it. I don't have a choice. That's an interesting, choice. interesting, interesting spot. You know? Interesting spot. There. I mean, what are, what other narrative do we have? You want me to take the Jets on Monday night at home? Oh, there's a lot big, of there's a lot of big games here. I thought you're gonna ride the Cowboys with us, maybe. Yeah, I don't want to. I honestly, I don't want to jinx you guys' mind melts. Oh, 
<laughs> I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> a little gun shy. That's it. Really quick before we wrap the show, because there is another, there's like, a, again, there's a big game in every window. We ain't talk about the big game in the one o'clock window. I really thought you were going to go Seattle plus six here. What kept you away from Seattle? Because I, I, I was thinking it over myself and it was much lower earlier in the week. I think it was like four or four and a half and then it jumped up to six. Um, and I couldn't quite get there. And then I want to know what, what's your reason for staying away from that game? Actually, I asked my brother today because I'm, I'm here in Connecticut and I asked my brother today, Hey, I need a fifth pick. What do you like? And I gave him the thing. He said, why is Seattle a six point dog? And as soon as he said, he doesn't really follow like the, the lines much. And as soon as he said that, I said, it's a wrap. It's a trap. Like it's it's just that's my reasoning is like yeah. everyone in America is going to look at that line and be like, this makes no sense. And that's exactly why I just I don't trust Baltimore because I know Lamar really doesn't cover those those games like against the NFC. But and, and this big of a number, but I, I don't think I can get with the public. I don't know. What are the betting tickets and numbers on that game? He's actually, I see, he's he's actually phenomenal against the NFC. He's is got he? like a he's got like an eight and one record against the NFC or something. Like but he, a, he wins, he wins, but he I don't think he really covers that much. No, that's that's against the spread. But oh, um, it is okay. The well, maybe that's the, it then. The tickets, the money in that game, fifty six percent Baltimore, sixty eight percent Seattle. I was looking into it more, and I I remember hearing this a couple weeks ago. Um, as far as breaking out Geno Smith and where he's at, like Geno Smith is is really really good against zone. But he has horrible, horrible numbers against man, and Baltimore runs man coverage at one of the best rates yeah. and the the highest rates in the NFL. Not so I think that they're going to be able to get home with four. Um, interesting too, add them adding Leonard Williams now on on the defense side for Seattle um, to to bump up that run stopping defense, which were you know was one of their weaknesses. So I think that he's going to be huge for helping them with that. But uh, yeah, I, I just I don't know about Geno in this spot against this defense that is really ramping up and playing probably better than any other defense in the NFL over the past couple of weeks. And Seattle should have lost last week. Like yeah. they got a gift from the gods from, from last week from PJ Walker to win that game. So yeah, that that's kind of my reasoning. The only other game I was gonna I was the one that was in here that I took out because I don't know the quarterback status. I had the Rams plus three. Uh I mean I thought oh, that was no. stealing money because I'm like, Matt Stafford is getting three points. Who wow is Green Bay a favor here? And then I realized that that he was hurt because I must have just not seen the end of that game. Uh, and so he went out. So yeah. I, I love the Rams. Yeah, to... yeah I, I, I think the Rams without Stafford are you – know, we talked about them coming into the year that they were going to be one of the worst teams without Matt Stafford who's been playing out yeah. of his mind. I think they are – they're really bad. I mean, they just need – they need him to be throwing dots to to Cup and, and Nakua um, like he has been or else I don't think they have much of an offense at all. Yeah, no doubt. By the way, on that, there was a great comparison last thing. Great comparison, Lou, on the Chiefs-Dolphins game. Kyle Brandt made this comparison that this Chiefs-Dolphins game is going to be like the 2006 uh, Kobe Lakers versus the Steve Nash Suns, where you're going to see like Patrick Mahomes is the Kobe Bryant of this situation, and the Dolphins are going to run that Mike D'Antoni football offense um, and just try to score up and down the field as many points as possible. And uh, and it was kind of just an interesting kind of like comparison of those old Mike D'Antoni Suns teams versus versus uh, Kobe in the playoffs back in like 06 where he hits that game winner and Pat Mahomes wins it. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I get it. But in that scenario, that means, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is underrated. 
<laughs> only getting one MVP to <laughs> Steve Nash's two is two MVPs. True. Uh, so, you know, but that's a, no, I get it. I, kind I like of the stylistic, stylistic comparison. What did you have for NBA futures, by the way? I didn't, I forgot to ask you this before. Oh, I had a, I had a bunch of stuff. I, I know to, it would take a couple minutes. We'll talk it next week. We'll, we'll bring it up next week. Cause I want to, I, I do want everyone to hear it. Cause I think it, it's valuable. So, right. uh, thank you. Both of you gentlemen. We'll see you on the other side. I'm uh, on my way to the Commonwealth tomorrow. So. Got to be a better week. It's got to be a better week, Dan. Oh, it will be. There's no way you push twice. <laughs> Again, yeah, right? No way. But I don't like you moving that Washington number to three. I feel like we're going to yeah. push on that. I hope, I hope that ends on three. I really hope we win that game by three. I don't even care if I get the push at this point. Matty push. Boy, uh, boy. <laughs> for Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, um, and uh, Lemon Pepper, Lou Paracone, I'm Dan Zampano. Uh, listen to us every... Every week on anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, on the Sunday card, we'll post the picks on X on Sunday uh, at the Sunday card at around 12.30 p.m. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for another edition. And always remember, this is the one quote they always told me. They always remember what you do in November. Try to get it done this month. We'll see you next week on the Sunday card. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampano, co-hosted by Matt Silverth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.